Time in the Saddle. Let's talk cycling. I'm Ryan O'Connor, joined by Jason Lint, as per always, and special guests coming up in this podcast. We've got our Minister of Community Safety, Alan Windy, and then an adventurer, a man who's accomplished so much on two wheels, Grant Clark. How's it, Grant? How's it? How's it going? Lick. How's it, good. Jason? Yeah, Thanks. good to see you guys. Yeah, nice. just great. Bumped into Grant on the trails last night, and we yeah. roped him in for today. So super. Thanks yeah. for being here, Grant. Thanks for having me. Everyone's really excited about getting out on their bikes, and you're kind of an inspiration, I think, for anyone who hasn't been on a bicycle. Let's start off with, I don't know where, where to begin, Jason, because when Jason said to me, listen, he's just got back from, or recently got back from Cairo to Cape Town on a bicycle. So that was one of his trips, but I mean, he's had <laughs> several since then. And one of the more recent ones, the article that he wrote or social media post can bring you to tears with the agony. So, I mean, I don't know, Grant, you want to give us some of the highlights of the few big ones you've done? Yeah, sure. I think Cairo to Cape Town was the big one. That's, okay. that's kind of, um, I think that's what sort of has set me off on all these other adventures. Right. Um, and the Cairo to Cape Town thing was, I kind of winged it a bit. Um, but um, <laughs> I winged it. <laughs> I just Cairo to Cape Town. <laughs> that was it. I just, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I just kind of knew I wanted to do it. And I got into the Cape Epic and, and that was something I've been always wanted to do. Like yeah. a, that massive dream. And um, I was actually working in London. And I just thought, you know what, I'm not going to be able to train through the London winter. And, and uh, how do I, how do I do this? Mm. And uh, so this, kind of an idea that's been in my head for years and years and kind of came to the front and said well why don't I just ride home um I've got <laughs> Let me ride them and then do epic <laughs> and then do the epic okay cool just so to clarify that, that was it so the <laughs> and then just for kind of giggles I put on the Iron Man at the end um I literally didn't think I would get to the Ironman, but I thought, let me just do this. And yeah. I also needed a, a bit of a hook to kind of get sure. some, some sponsors involved. And then what, what happened? Because after Epic, I mean, everybody else, as in 99% of the field, put their bikes down and go, and go <laughs> thank heavens that's over. Bikes down, I'm going to rest. And you still have the, the, the monster of an Ironman to go. So what's your mindset when you put the bike down after Epic, knowing that you still yeah. have Ironman? So I think that was it. I mean, as I went down Africa, kind of like every day was sort of scary. And that was part of the, the whole challenge for me was, you know, what is it? take to get down Africa sure. can I look after myself and then the closer I got was like oh crap I've got the epic yeah. how do uh, I get through the epic now because yeah. I've done every day in Africa is just hundreds of k's of straight roads and I was like now I've got to get on a mountain bike and take on some very technical single track um, so the first two days of the epic were just ridiculous for me and also my heart rate down Africa you keep you keep it very low mm. uh, and it's just about uh, not going into the red zone sure. and then <laughs> the epic's all about the red just zone, the red zone. <laughs> and, um, and yeah. I mean on the on the actual Africa side I'm right in saying you guys were because once or twice friends came to join you for certain yes. segments i know like guy mm. joined you for so, the last little stretch but i mean you were on gravel bikes with tri bars and just that's it yeah that's it so yeah i mean it was lovely so three times during the trip had a couple of mates join in for mm. for a week or two but yeah it's just days where you've got your bags on your bike and you've got your tri bars and you just you settle into rhythm and it's kind of like well I've, I've got to get there today and what i did like about it was i put that epic deadline on it so i had to right. get down africa about in a certain time but then it was yeah, a big mind shift for the epic and then yeah everyone put their bikes down at the end of the epic and i was like well <laughs> i've got to drive up to PE now and, yeah. and uh, I've got to work out how to do a run and a, mar- you know, a marathon and, and a swim <laughs> and also do the bike and kind of the way I sold it and was which was amazing was I got a really amazing sponsor um, BH Bikes came nice. on board and they were like cool because I said look I need a I need a bike for Africa mm. I need a mountain bike for the Epic um, I was going to do the, the Argus that year yeah. um, which then got uh, was too windy sure. got cancelled yes, yeah. um, and then I was yeah and then finally I need a time trial bike so I was jumping across all these bikes and also just changing mindsets every time as well mm. um, which is the interesting and challenging and hard part of it and, and exciting how long did it take you to get from Cairo to Cape Town? 
So, so in the end, it took me three months, three weeks. So just a okay. weekend of four months. Yeah. And that's longish. You know, I mean, it's actually, not... it's quite, in the Cairo Cape Town scheme of things, quite fast. Quite fast, okay. yeah. Um, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, so. What are your biggest fears besides the mileage, which is just, uh, in itself, it's a bit of a, uh, a mind uh, trick. Which, mm. which countries were the scariest to travel through? Yeah, it's funny. You kind of talk to everyone and they, and they, and you would sort of explain the countries you're going through. Yeah. And you're going, well, it's going to be Egypt and, and Sudan. And you basically say Sudan and everyone falls Ooh, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. And his eyes go wide. And, um, and then uh, as it happened, Ethiopia, I was going through Ethiopia, and they had a state of emergency going on at the time. So they, everyone was like, whoa. So I think just because a lot of people don't know North Africa that well, okay. including me, um, so Sudan sounded very scary. In the end, it turned out Ethiopia is probably the hardest country to get through. And, and that's just because it's so hilly. Mm. You're not going very far fast and it's one of the most populous countries in Africa so there's always people there shouting at you mm. half the country wants to say hi and gets upset when you don't because you're so tired and sure. going up a hill and the other half are actually a little bit angry at you for some reason yeah and then kids are throwing stones at you and so you kind of get through Ethiopia just emotionally a bit hammered and then you got three more months to go. <laughs> <And then laughs> yeah, exactly I mean I laughed but it's like you come out of Ethiopia and then into Kenya and the road swapped over so now you're on the what we call the right side of the road or and I was just if it's such a small thing, but it felt so familiar. I was yeah. like, oh, my word. I'm okay. back. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I'm okay now. I'm okay. Would you ever do it again? Uh, I would, actually. I'd, I'd absolutely do it again. And I would love more people to do it yeah. because what I keep telling people as well is, is it's not that hard. Mm. And I, I'd also – I, I kind of banned myself from looking at the map on my, on my phone because sure. – the continent looks so massive. Yeah. Um, so it's just about kind of breaking it down and going. And even if it's just cycling through one country, mm. you realize, well, I've done one country, I can do another country. Do you get experience the cultures? I mean, because you, you travel with, I, I would gather, very little. So when you're staying over yeah. at night, you'd eat whatever your resources were close by. You'd stop and you'd go, well, the local is this. And then you've got to rely on the, the, the whatever it is you're eating to be okay with your stomach. Because yeah. the next day, you're back on the bike <laughs> doing hundreds of Ks again. Exactly. That was a big part of it. I have the worst diet in the world. And ironically, I think that helped with the <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm constitution. I, yeah, like, I'm I, exist, I existed on biscuits and chips and bread, and and that's okay because that's generally what I eat anyway. <laughs> but, so fruits and, and that kind of stuff, it wasn't too fast. To be honest, I kind of was trying to stay away from that stuff because mm. you just you know the, the chicken and and, sure. and yeah, of, uh, what, whatever meats are you just kind of you don't yeah, know. You, you, don't, you know. don't know. And like and often I would take you had to take a chance and mm. just you got to eat and. Sure. Then, I came out of Ethiopia uh, feeling actually had I had no energy and I realized that I just wasn't getting enough calories. Mm. Um, and so then I started eating everything I could find. And I think the, the more south I went, the, the sort of more shops appeared, the more used to, you know, it was kind of North Africa was the hardest. Like they don't, they don't have signposts saying shop here. So yeah, you would like ride through this village and you go, where the flip is a shop? Yeah. And everyone in the village knows <laughs> where the <laughs> shop is. Knows you don't know. You're like, I don't know. I was like, guys, if you just put a, sh- a sign up, you would like, you double your income. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I'd buy your whole shop. Grant, that's brilliant. We'll, uh, we'll come back to Grant. It's time to introduce our next guest on this podcast. And it's a man who's no stranger to cycling, not only in the Western Cape, but I think a man who, uh, who's been very pro uh, cycling in South Africa. And I think it's one of the reasons why so many cyclists make this province, and this province being the Western Cape, a phenomenal province to cycle in and to stay fit in. He's currently uh, the minister, and it's, it's changed just recently, to uh, community safety. safety. Yeah. And uh, Alan Windy. Hi, great to be with you. Good, uh, good to see you guys, yeah, and uh, awesome. especially uh, getting out of the safety space and talking about cycling. Sure. 
something that you're very passionate about. Yeah. And as long as I've known you, you've been on a bicycle. Um, massive advocate for safe cycling as well in, in South Africa. Alan, where did cycling begin for you? Do you remember your first bike you had? Yeah, I think we all had a chopper to start <laughs> yeah. with, didn't we? <laughs> the most uh, unsafe bicycle in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but Chief uh, is the most fun in the world. Yeah. And now it's progressed. I mean, you're now part of a very, very well-known Coronation Double Century cycling team that's uh, almost got a cult-like status uh, in, the, in the cycling world because every year you go out there and you smash 200-odd kilometers. We've had your fellow teammate Dave Balez and a good friend of ours on this podcast chatting about cycling. Um, do you still, I mean, you're busy uh, with a campaign at the moment. You're on the road. Do you still get time to cycle now? Well, I think you have to. Uh, maybe I should uh, put it in context. I'm, uh, I'm uh, diabetic. Okay. And uh, I don't take medicine. I control it with diet and exercise. So yeah. my exercise is bike riding. But, but also more than that, um, you know, I think in anyone's job, uh, you all have certain stresses. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the time to think. It's the time to get away from, you know, from the everyday grind uh, and the pressure. And uh, so it keeps me fit, but it also gives you that, that space to open your mind and get some oxygen flowing through your brain does i uh, i want to know now what's i mean uh, this year especially 2019 is a very busy year on the diary for you will you have will you have time to be a part of the dc team this year i have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know there's certain things that are as you said cults certain yeah. things you've got to do you've it's just a qualified uh, public appearance yeah, <laughs> yeah i can justify Fine. right <laughs> Um, let's talk about because the, the one thing that a lot of people ask about in this podcast is, and, and this is where we, we, we kind of, and, and me as a cyclist, enjoy sp- sharing the road with motorists, etc. Really love the fact that from the very beginning of your uh, public tenure, you've been very, very vocal about allowing motorists to share the space with cyclists and cyclists to be vigilant of motorists, etc. Uh, I think it's been incredible. We, we haven't quite stomped it out completely. There's still rogue motorists out there. Uh, there's still rogue cyclists out there. But in general, the message has been driven home really well over the past couple of years in the Western Cape and I think that speaks volumes of your commitment to cycling and to making this the fittest province in the in, in the country which we are yeah absolutely <laughs> but just healthiest yeah, and I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know just from a city point of view I always say to people what other city can yeah. you go to and see the amount of people out enjoying the park mm. and promenade and streets I mean I, I've personally never been anywhere where there's just the volume of people out mm. exercising and that's what I've noticed. That so I'm, I'm based in London at, for the moment, and having come back, it, it it actually just makes like a swell with pride to seeing mm. how many guys are on bikes out here. Yeah. Well, that was going to say to you, Grant, because I mean, cycling people, uh, everyone's on a bicycle in, in London. No one wants to pay uh, to, yeah. to park in the city. They want to cycle yeah. in and out of the city in London. Mm. And hopefully, I mean, we can't get there just yet, but hopefully one day Cape Town will be a similar city uh, where you know you, p- parking should be outrageously expensive. If you want to get into town, yes. get on a bicycle, yeah. stop being lazy, and cycle into work. Absolutely, and and I think also what's, what's amazing is, is I'm seeing some of the initiatives that have been brought in Cape Town yeah. are actually being rolled out in London. They're, they're almost like they're taking the lead from from what we're doing here, which I just find amazing. That's cool. So yeah. can we put congestion charge in place? That's that's why I've got my vote. But London doesn't have a mountain to get over. <laughs> but I mean, wh- what a pleasure! I, I live in Claremont, and then I cycle over the neck in the morning, and then you mm. cycle around along the ocean. Oh. Uh, you know. <laughs> Past Camps Bay, through Seapoint, and yeah. to the office. I mean, I mean, what better road to cycle on in the morning? And, uh, you know, it depends on what time. You try to go as early as possible. But uh, when you get it a little bit later, then you go past all these people who are sitting in their motor cars. You know, yeah, I do love that. What a pleasure. Yeah. You've got the ocean next to you. You've got fresh air. And when you get to work, you just feel great. Yeah. 
Alan, you must have had, um, because as much as we're all pro-cycling and we love the fact that the roads, you must have had your hands full also with people that are that just don't see uh, there being a point and people being on bicycles. And as much as you try and explain to them that uh, this is going to be beneficial for so many reasons that they'll always have something to object about. So there must have been uh, difficulties in your path to, to before getting everything you know to where it is right now. So I think uh, you know that sharing the road is mm-hmm. is very critical, and and I've always advocated that it's actually the cyclists that have got to take the lead. Uh, we're the ones that must actually be the responsible component uh, of this partnership. Yeah. Stop at the stop street. Yeah. Uh, stop at the traffic light. Uh, you know, really, really lead by example. Um, but of course there are, and there, there are rogue elements on both sides yeah. of the of the equation. Um, I keep on saying to the cyclists, if we really want to be respected, we've got to show that respect in the beginning. Um, but then, of course, it does work both ways. I, I, I really have been over the last while watching with interest, uh, uh, is it called Pure Savage? Yeah. How they, <laughs> yeah. how they've actually really taken, taken this to the next level. So I think leading by example in, in the beginning, but then starting to really say, well, you know, this morning I cycled to work and I saw, you know, 15 traffic violations by motorists mm. because remember it's not only cyclists that go through the traffic light uh, it's also motorists and and that means it's both it's both sides of the equation we've got to we've got to really work together on this uh, but also it's about how we how we treat each other respect each other it's mm. about modal shift it's about changing the the, the city itself uh, you know we've just heard a comment now that uh, between London and Cape Town I like healthy competition between mm. cities um, but what better city to ride in than sure. Cape Town and, yeah. and I, I always get blown away in the cold weather in London and I see people riding around on their bikes and I think wow and we, we get <laughs> to a slightly cooler winter and we go like no I'm going to go back hard today yeah. come on it's true we look out the window on a Saturday morning any given Saturday or Sunday a cyclist look out find one little cloud in the sky and go I'm not going out today it's going to be definitely it's going the wind's going to pick up and there might be a chance of rain out there I'm going to cancel it but in, it's, in our cycling group the, the person that does go out on that day we call him the Viking <laughs> it's, it's a double point there yeah Ellen, what do you prefer, mountain biking, road? And, and you've obviously, I mean, you, you were the pa- pioneer of gravel biking, so we've <laughs> heard. Um, gravel biking, mountain biking, road biking, what's your, what's your pick? Okay, so I suppose, I mean, for me, the, the, the best ride in the world is, is going out for a ride up to Chapman's Peak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the most beautiful space in the world. But you, you, it's a, it's a complex question because, sure. you know, go to my garage and have a look at all the different <laughs> bikes in the garage. Yeah. Um, it is a complex question, but, uh, a few years ago, I got myself a gravel bike. Mm. Uh, just before the DC, and I ended up riding the DC on a gravel bike. Oh wow! And I mean, we, I'm not there to go and win this thing. Sure, you know? we we cruise along at Comfort. the back, and we have Comfort. a good time. The the just the just the geometry of the bike. Yeah. it was so much more comfortable. We slightly bigger this, tires. We were having this conversation on social media about the gravel bikes. I was talking Correct, about this on yeah. air, and you clicked okay. because on a road on a gravel bike, and it was on a tar road on a gravel. You and I also, Jason, yeah, having this yeah. conversation. It's the most comfortable bike exactly for tar road mm. ri- riding. Okay. So and now if I think about now this this uh, so that was a few years yeah. ago and I have I never rode my road bike after that I only rode yeah. my gravel bike on road and and I've been changing tires and now what's happening especially with a lot of the green belts opening up 
Now, in actual fact, I don't put road tires on my gravel bike at all now. Now, sure. I just keep the gravel tires on. And it's such a pleasure riding around this area. But it's not only here. It's anywhere in the province. Mm-hmm. You can ride along, and the next thing you can just divert, and you take a bit of gravel. And in actual fact, I mean, some of the, some of the single tracks now that are linked to the green belts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we're talking Cape Town now, you can sort of end up at Kirstenbosch, and you mm-hmm. can take some of those which are – kind of normally seen as mountain bike Mm. and you take it on a gravel bike it's no problem at all Um, and then you get down onto those green belts and what a pleasure and then if you want to hop back onto the road for a bit you do that so it really becomes versatile and then you can use exactly the same bike and go from Plettenberg Bay to Cape Town (laughs) it's true yeah Yeah. I've still got to go do that that track that you opened up one day. That's that's my favorite. definitely before Cairo to Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> but the question is, they're now not just that one. It's the it's the Plet to, to Stellenbosch. Yeah. There's also the Overberg meander that kind of you can go and do. There's the there's the the Cedarberg circuit that you can go and do. And we got like thirty five thousand kilometers of gravel road in this yeah, province that take you through the most amazing places. And uh, you know, riding through the Cedarberg on a bike. It's just yeah. amazing, and uh, but but we've got so many many places that you can you can do this on, and then I, I also think that uh, you said about which bike do you prefer, um, I think uh, you know mountain biking has become quite technical, yeah, and uh, so that's great. Mm. But what happens is all of these segments you start to to create spaces where people start pushing each other, sure. um, and you know I look at some of those mountain mountain bike. Uh, circuits and I say yeah, oh, well I'm, I'm actually going to take yeah, the shortcut yeah. over too. here <laughs> <laughs> and and of course the the adrenaline junkies take the other road and of course each to his own yeah. but uh, but but what we do have is we've got this amazing place that you sure. can do all three and uh, that's exactly what it's about Spot it's on. about really enjoying a bike Spot. it's like saying through th- with you've got three kids pick your favorite kid <laughs> no, uh, no. you know they go th- you go through uh, moments where you grab when you you fought, you love each of them di- like di- you know the same but different um, and uh, and they all serve a great purpose and yeah like, I, I'm exactly in the same path of, uh, uh, that you that you're on in terms of mountain biking you know the, the guys have become more technical the the, the, the courses are beautiful the best in the world yeah. uh, the guys have become super competitive and I look at it and I go well I I I, I'm, I'm a nervous cyclist as it is. I, if I'm going to do this, there's a 50-50 chance I'm going to see my backside done one of these things. I'd rather play it safe and get home for a briar but later on <laughs> in the afternoon. Um, listen, before we end this podcast, I just want to find out, Grant, before you head back to London, mm. what's the next challenge that you have? Yeah, so I've, uh, I've entered a race. Well, I've got a ride in Iceland coming up. Okay. Um, and then that's hopefully going to be prepped for a race I've entered uh, across Morocco. So that's 2,000 Ks uh, unsupported uh, um, yeah, over the Atlas Mountains. Um, and then uh, the, the sort of long-term goal, the dream... <laughs> Just to put us in our place. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> the, the big, I think the big dream and what I'm using all these things to try and build up to uh, the adventuring part of it is I'd, I'd really, I have this idea to cycle to the South Pole. And that's wow. something... Um, <laughs> that's the big one. Um, but it, it's sort of baby steps to get there and, and um, to work out what's involved. That is crazy. Listen, it's lucky having you back home in Cape Town for a bit before you go back to it's your other home amazing in London. being back, yeah. Um, we look forward to having you back on the podcast later awesome. in the year when you're back in Cape Town. And to our, our Super Minister, Alan Windy, it's uh, going to be a big year, Western Cape Premier candidate, and we know that that, is, that, 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 that position couldn't be, couldn't be filled by anybody better uh, than Alan Windy. He's a man who uh, not only looks for the best in, in, the, in the province, but the best in the country, and a more genuine man committed to his job. You'll you, you, you battle to find in a position of power in, in, any, in any place, let, let alone the Western Cape. 
So we really are fortunate to have you currently as the Minister of Community Safety, but hopefully soon uh, the Premier of the of the Western Cape. Thank you very much. I, I, just listening to this, the South Pole, I thought that uh, gravel ride, riding from Plate to Cape Town was like really a big achievement. <laughs> um, and now you hear this and you think, jeepers, but, uh, but you, you need some logistic support because that sounds like the most amazing thing to do. Um, I'm sure we'll all go along for logistic support whether we ride it or not. But I need all the support. Yeah. When, when you finish your premiership, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> nice. but, I, but I look forward to also banning cars in the city and Good. having bikes. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. We'll support you on that one. <laughs> Jason and I will be back. We've got Nick Lamond coming up on the show. Yes. Also, uh, speaking of Team Pure Savage, Aaron Borrell uh, will be here as oh, well uh, to chat a little bit about the, the, the movement they've created and the amount of my, these guys do crazy mileage every day. Yeah. Uh, great team, guys. They'll be on the next podcast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Just a quick look at the, the weekend weather. Cape Town's looking absolutely spectacular around the Western Cape. We've got a little bit of a, a cooler weather towards Friday and Saturday. Uh, there's a little bit of rain expected for Friday, but Saturday and Sunday, no excuses not to be out on your bikes, whatever your uh, your preference. And also, Johannesburg, uh, you've had slightly cooler weather, major downpours over the past couple of days. Uh, mornings are looking nice and crisp and, cr- and clear Saturday and Sunday for a cycle, as is the weather in Durban. PE, a little bit overcast, slight chance of rain, but all in all, great weather to get out and cycling. We'll be back with another Time in the Saddle next week.